0: Good morning, everybody. Hello, Isaac. Hello, Misty. How are you? I'm hungry.
1: (laughs) Oh, I see what you did there. We've been locked in the studio. I'm alive! I'm alive.
0: (laughs) It's alive.
1: Oh, you know what today is, right? Um,
0: Today is the day. Weird Wednesday.
1: Oh, it's Weird Wednesday, Wednesday.
0: and you know what that means.
1: Sometimes it's spleen, and sometimes it's eyes.
0: Oh, gross. We don't don't have a theme song for Weird Wednesday. I think we just need an audio sting. Weird Wednesday. I think that's fun. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. that. (laughs)
1: Okay,
0: okay. Uh, It's about, today's about Alive, the story of the Uruguayan rugby team.
1: (laughs) The miracle in the Andes is what it's called.
0: The miracle of eating each other?
1: The miracle in the Andes, the fact that some of them got rescued after almost three months or two months of being in the Andes Mountains. There are people that live through this.
0: Boy, oh boy, we're gonna. Anyways, <laughs> we're gonna interview them right after this.
1: Are we ready to begin?
0: Good morning. My name is Misty. Come on, Ike. It's time. We would be honored if you would join us. The greatest adventure of all time. Yeah. We just become best friends. Yep.
1: Come on, let's get in character. What are you waiting for, huh? Come on going to eat with them. <laughs> I'm sorry. This story is a snack, folks. Oh, man. It is something else. And I, so I, we talked about this a little bit beforehand, and you've told me that you've never seen the movie. I have not. Which is a very, very tense, <laughs> intense movie. Um,
0: Wait a minute. They crashed on Friday the 13th. Is that why people don't like Friday the 13th?
1: No. I mean, 13 has traditionally all throughout history been known as an unlucky number.
0: But this is the day they got rescued?
1: Uh, No, this is the day that the plane crashed. Just because it was a Friday that year doesn't mean it was a Friday every year. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) so stupid. Bless
0: your heart. I like
1: that I can't math, but I can do complex math like that. Be like, oh, this year...
0: Of the 45 people on the flight, only 16 survived in sub-zero temperatures. After numerous days spent searching for survivors, the rescue team was forced to end the search. Consequently, the survivors had to sustain life with rations found in the wreckage after the plane had crashed. The rations did not last long, and in order to stay alive, it became necessary for the survivors to eat the bodies of the dead. This was possible because the bodies had been preserved with the freezing temperatures and the snow. The book was published two years after the survivors of the crash were rescued. The author interviewed many of the survivors as well as the family members of the passengers before writing the book to obtain facts about the crash. He wanted to write the story as it had happened without embellishment or fictionalizing it. Uh, This just goes on and on and on. So
1: it was a rugby team from Uruguay. Mm -hmm. Well, it was a rugby team that was on a trip from Uruguay to attend a match in Chile. So that's why they flew over the Andes. Um, I've flown this route before, which is creepy and weird. Um, However, they didn't fly a commercial plane. They flew in a small plane. um, And it was the team as well as the coaches. And there was also a 19-year-old medical student accompanying them. Um, They hit severe turbulence, and the pilot made a mistake and began descending while they were still over the mountains.
0: That'll do it. So Every within, time.
1: with he, you know, it was that whole snow blind thing, confusion. Within a few seconds, the plane smashed into the snow cap peaks in the Andes Mountains.
0: Which um, are located right around? Yeah, yeah. Here, show them in this little stretch. Mm-hmm. But there's some pretty sweet mountains up here too, but they're not part of the Andes.
1: Show where Uruguay is.
0: Okay. I don't know where. Oh, Uruguay is way up here.
1: No, it's not. Go back down. Uruguay is underneath Paraguay. There you go. Oh,
0: so they were going this way.
1: Yes. that's. I was like, they see the mountain range right on the edge of Chile? Like yeah. the darker green? Those are the Andes. I don't see it. Okay, Just it, kidding,
0: going the wrong way. ha <laughs> it
1: bigger. See, go down a little bit. See the, where the dark green is? Yeah, this part. Yeah, that's a mountain range. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So you're going way up top, but they actually were down further, and it's the very end of the Andes that they crashed in.
0: Near Catamarcha?
1: Uh, I think they weren't really near much of anything. They were out in the actual mountains. What year um, was this? Uh, 1972. Yeah, they didn't have the same
0: GPS we have No,
1: now. no. So the medical student was one of the guys that survived. Um, and he he's done a lot of press after that um, because he was actually one of those people that didn't actually have to be on that plane. You know, he was uh, not a part of the rugby team. He was asked to come as like a sports trainer Wow. in case there were any injuries when they were playing. And it was a very last minute, like, yeah, you know what? I'll come with you guys for the weekend. Sure. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Did he survive? <laughs> Just said he survived. Oh. <laughs> did a lot of press <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> and that's the whole point of why he did all of it. Did he write the book? He did not. Oh. Um, so, yeah, um, over the first few days, there were several passengers who lived through it that died. From exposure and that were or they were injured and they died from their injuries afterwards. Um, There was a night while they were stuck there that an avalanche happened. So they have survived a plane crash. They are living in the fuel silage with dead people. And an avalanche comes and crashes over the fuel solange and swept another eight people out to their deaths.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. Those people could have been tasty buckets of chicken.
1: Oh, they were later.
0: Well, if they swept them out in an avalanche, you're not going to go down there and find them. They're gone. Oh,
1: they went out and they brought things back into the fuel silage that were buried in the ice. Are you calling they it f- were...
0: fuel solange?
1: is not that what it's called.
0: I'm going to do the how to pronounce Okay But I have seven surprising fuel, A
1: fuel What's it called?
0: Fuselage fuel,
1: Oh I thought it was a fu- fuel sludge <laughs> My whole life I have thought it was a fuel sludge Wow I was today years old fu- Ready? Fuselage Fuselage Fus- Fuselage Fuselage I am never going to say that right My whole life Here's it Slope. Fuselage Fuse How do you spell it? Like
0: it's Like fuse And laser
1: I literally thought It was F-U-E-L Like fuel Fuselage wow. <laughs> Fuselage Wow Fuselage I'm 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 so awed this, By this right now This
0: feeling That you're having right now <laughs> I'm like, I'm like wow right, I want you to remember This feeling I have this feeling Twice an episode <laughs> When I'm like minimalism uh, I mean,
1: Oh, my goodness. I don't think I've ever seen it actually like spelled out. So in my head, I just... Yeah. Huh. Anyways.
0: <laughs> uh, so I have seven facts about cannibalism.
1: Okay.
0: Humans are hardwired against cannibalism, but mm-hmm. not always. There's a good biological reason why cannibalism is taboo in virtually every culture. Eating other humans can make you sick. Specifically, eating the brain of another human can cause kuru, a brain disease that's similar to mad cow disease. Kuru occurs because our brains contain prions that transmit the disease. Sometimes uh, begin with trembling and end in death.
1: There is an episode of Armchair Expert Dark and Dangerous that has David Ferrier on it, who is our very favorite, um, you know, studies things that are dark and weird. And he goes into interviews that he did with a man that was cannibal and goes into the like the exact disease it is that you get from eating someone else's brain and mm-hmm. how like the physical manifestations of it and what happens. Yeah. And it sounds fucking terrible. Don't eat people.
0: Well, there's prions. <laughs> there's prions in everything that we eat. Mm-hmm. But yes. our prions don't mix well with other people's prions, right? Yes, so correct. you can get prions from a deer, but don't brain. eat the brains. No. You're not really generally supposed to eat anybody's brains
1: except for in the Mexican culture, it's very popular to eat cow brains. Menudo. Is that Menudo? No. No. What is it called? It's called something. It's very, it's a very, it's like a delicacy in Mexico.
0: Menudo's the uh, other part. Oh, it's the balls. Nope. Okay. The peen? No. Stop guessing and Google it. Uh, animals are hardwired against cannibalism as well. But not always.
1: Oh, That. okay. That's, I explained that one.
0: A few years ago, Natalie Angier of the New York Times chronicled the tales of the cane toad, uh, redback spider, and other animals that eat their own species. The cane toad, for instance, actually prefers cane toad eggs to other options. How can that possibly be a good idea? Here's Angier. Researchers propose three motives. The practice speeds up mature, maturation. Maturation?
1: Maturation. Ma- maturation. Here
0: we are with the pron- <laughs> pronunciation with Misty and Ike. It eliminates future rivals who, given a mother-toad's reproductive cycle, stop trying to read so fast, are almost certainly unrelated to you, and it means exploiting an abundant resource that others find toxic, but to you, are immune. These evolutionary imperatives extend to a wide range of organisms, including occasional cannibalistic uh, whatever from animals like the sloth bear, As Mary Bates described in Wired, it's not unknown for sloth bears to eat members of their own family, possibly because they're under stress.
1: Um, Cabiza is what it's called. Cow brains in Mexico. It's a um, popular Mexican taco filling, and it's also called sesos.
0: I'm going to have to remember that.
1: Don't. Don't eat the brains.
0: Well, I've got to (laughs) remember the Mexican word. Oh, so that you don't eat it. I'm like, let me get those cabizo tacos. And they're like, ah, brains
1: for everybody. (laughs) Um, so the thing that I found super interesting about the Alive movie when I was watching it is how they survived Mm. because they were there for almost two months.
0: Yeah. So we're talking about cannibalism.
1: So aside from the, what they ate, how they survived the elements, um, they made blankets out of the plane seats. So, you know how the plane seats are covered in leather. Mm -hmm. They ripped the leather off the plane seats and found ways to stitch it together so that they didn't just have normal fabric blankets. They had leather-ish type blankets to protect them from the elements. Mm. So, it was an extra heavy, like, layer Mm. instead.
0: I wonder what they burned. (laughs) Everything. for For fire.
1: Everything. Like, everything that was left that they could until they were rescued. Um They used aluminum from the plane and set up a way to melt the snow Mm. so that they would have something to drink. Yeah. And then, of course, they couldn't really find food. So back to your facts.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, the last cannibalism, I have two more cannibalism facts. This is going into the Donner Party, who has also had a similar situation. Yes. Yes. When most people think of cannibalism in America, they probably think of the Donner Party, the famous travelers who resorted to the practice when they were stuck in the snowy Sierra Nevada mountains while traveling uh, west in 1846. What's surprising, however, is contemporary accounts of the trip focus less on the lurid accounts of cannibalism and more on the breadth of hardship that the party endured. As the Donner Party historian blah, 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 who cares? Out of more than 300 newspaper articles about the Donner Party published in 1847, the most common headline is the variation of From California. This is not anything to do with cannibalism. What are we doing here, folks? <laughs>
1: um, so the, the medical student that I was telling you about, he did end up writing a book later on, but he didn't write the book alive. He wrote a book called I Had to Survive. And this is one of the things he talks about, about cannibalism. You ha- this is an exact quote from him. <clears throat> you had to eat these dead bodies, and that was it. The decision to accept it intellectually is only one step, though the next step is to actually have to do it. So he talks about at length in a few chapters how you mentally have to get past the fact that you're eating people that you know or that you were on a plane with or that they are actual humans. And then you have to physically get to the next step, which is figuring out what to eat and how to extract that properly. And
0: Well, I'm so glad that you asked.
1: (laughs) Just teeing it up because I was sure you probably had something.
0: PBS has a um, article here, PBS.org. If you had to eat a human body, which part should you pick first? And it has a picture of a hand in a French loaf. Oh. I'm going to call that a hand sandwich. Uh, oh. Okay. Oh. Wow. Now so good. We've resor- Oh man, what's going on? So good. It, we've resorted to uh, teaching people how to eat <clears throat> humans. This is a cannibalism. One on one here, but if you had to eat human flesh, where would you start? That seems dis- uh, like a disturbing question for westernized thought, sure, but cannibalism uh, uh, occupies a consistent position in the evolution of human behavior. With 650 muscles and 206 bones in an adult, there are more than enough options on the menu. Ugh. Some may carry tons of dietary value, while others are door picking. Poor pickings. <laughs> A new study published Thursday in Scientific Reports dissects the nutritional and caloric value of human body parts. What a droll uh, field of study, you say. Sure, why do people write like this? Sure, unless you're an archaeologist or an anthropologist studying Neanderthals, native groups in Papua New Guinea, or any other number of hominid communities that have participated in cannibalism over the last 800,000 years or so. Just get to the good part, he says. Great, here we go. Uh... So, if you want to go true paleo by adding a little human to your diet, you should start with a person's fat pads, which carry the most nutritional value on average, approximately 50,000 calories. The, those fat deposits are located all over the body. So, if you want to reduce the prep time, uh, try the skeleton, uh, 25,000 calories, the thigh muscles, 13,000 calories, or the skin, 10,000 calories. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going butts first off every time. I'm going butts. I'm
1: sure you are. Aren't, wouldn't you? Of course you, you are. What would You're you- going to go butts and boobs. Like b- boobs are nothing but fat. Yeah. That's literally what they're made out of. Those are the tasty bits. Sure. Um, w- what would I eat first? Yeah, what would be
0: your first thing? I to- think
1: I would go with a thigh. Okay. I think it would be like, a ch- in my head, it's the closest thing that I could go. It's like a, a turkey leg <laughs> or a chicken thigh.
0: But the butt is part of that.
1: The butt is in the back. The thigh is on the side. This is your thigh but down here. I know what this thighs is are. Your butt. Y- your
0: butt's connected to your thighs. It,
1: the butt bones connected yeah. to the thigh bones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I would go right here. This exact spot right there. Like I said, it's the closest thing in my I, head. I mean, that I, I could go. That is like chicken thigh.
0: I don't have a valid argument <laughs> as to why that's a bad idea. So.
1: Um. Okay. So. Before we literally turn this video into this is how to cannibal, uh, we're at 16 minutes. <laughs> okay. So, I'm going to wrap it up with this. Oh, you got a picture. I do have a picture. Whoa. This was taken as they were stuck there.
0: That guy in the back's eating a. No, he's Whoa. not. <laughs>
1: now, here's the thing that I really liked a lot about this. Okay. Um, the way that they were able to logic this out. <clears throat> Basically, he said all of them struggled with the idea of eating human flesh. It was like when it actually came down to sticking it in their mouth, even they couldn't get their mouths to open because you're just so miserable and realizing that. And you're just really sad because, you know, you have to do this. Mm. And so it would seem like. Like, as they sat down to talk about this, because they had to talk to each other about all of this, they took comfort in the idea that they also would be willing to sacrifice their bodies if needed. So they talked about, they all made a pact with each other. If I die tomorrow, I want you to use my body, make my body of service, and to nourish you. So they all made the pact that if they were the next to go, please eat me. (laughs) And the, the eating of the dead kind of created, they tried to look at it as like a spiritual bond that not only <laughs> that they were able to take a piece, literally a piece uh,
0: uh. <laughs> of their
1: friends that had died and that their sacrifice would help sustain them to stay alive and get them through it.
0: What if there was one dude that just really enjoyed it more than everybody else?
1: You know what? Like
0: Larry's over there like, hey, you're going to finish that?
1: It's, it's the way like, I mean, it, it's what you talked about, how most people's brains are hardwired to not, mm-hmm. but.
0: Some people are crazy. No,
1: uh, Some people just have something different. Their wiring is different. And mm-hmm. there's a good chance that one of them didn't think it was quite as awful as the rest of them that was like, you know what? I'm not morally bothered by this. <laughs> I think I could totally do it. I, I would struggle a lot. Um, I think so hung, this is hunger how, can do a
0: lot for you, though. Hunger can make you Yeah.
1: Trust me. I get hangry. Yeah. So this is how the guy put it. The decision to eat their bodies gave spiritual sustenance as well as physical nourishment. I feel that I shared a piece of my friends, not only materially, but spiritually, because their will to live was transmitted to us through their flesh. Yep. So they took it in a very spiritual way and tried to turn it into something that looked a little different. So that's how we will end Cannibalism 101. <laughs> All right, folks.
0: Uh, stay tuned tomorrow for uh, presidential assassinations. Uh,
1: weird Wednesdays are fun. They are weird. Man. You never
0: know what you're going to get around here, you folks.
1: sure don't. Thigh bone.
0: All right. Uh, All right. I don't have a don't have A a funny quip To end this (laughs) one We're just gonna uh,
1: Nom 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 mm,
0: Since it's not Friday
1: (laughs) We'll eat you tomorrow Oh